0: Hi, welcome to the third episode of my podcast. I'm Ian Wallace, uh, the messed up counsellor. The reason why I use that terminology to have as a descriptive of what I do is because people come to me all the time and they'll think that counsellors should have their world, their life sorted, their relationships sorted. They should be easy breeze of the world and the situations and the problems that we encounter. I hate to disillusion you, but that's not the truth. The truth is, when I'm having relationships, friendships, connections, I can't be objective in my world. I can be objective in your world, And I do. And I can help people get to understand stuff, sort stuff, change stuff. Not a problem. But in my own world, I can't be objective because in my own world, the things that create a problem for me are the feelings and emotions behind who I am as a person. And those processes uh, engage with what I do, what what I say, what I speak, what I connect to. What I understand. So when I'm working in a dialogue with somebody else, if it's a work colleague, then there's generally not going to be a lot of feelings and emotions interplaying with it. If I'm working with a close, intimate relationship, family, friends, partners, the closer the relationship, the more the feelings and emotions engage, the more vulnerabilities I have with that relationship with insecurities and rejection processes or possible rejection processes. Now, unfortunately, males and females are different, as you're probably aware, (laughs) and I don't mean just physically. I mean they're different in how, certainly in my generation, we were brought up. We were brought up not to understand the language of emotions and feelings. So people of my generation <clears throat> basically are uh, brought up with a, a process where we're given, and all of us are given the world, we're not born with the world, we're given the world by our peers, our parental influences, friends, family, whoever, whoever we trust really. Um, and so my world was created with those kind of terminologies that a lot of people understand, big boys don't cry, suck it up, don't show your emotions and feelings basically. So because I'm given that message constantly, that men, I wasn't able to explore, explain, understand the emotions and feelings I'm having, I couldn't have conversations around them. I grew up with the process of the old view. And I think that's changing, to be fair, with younger people. But certainly in my age group, um, it grows up with the process of don't talk about feelings and emotions, don't share feelings, emotions, you're the provider, you're the one that goes out and does the job, you bring that money in. And I don't agree with that, that's not what I'm saying the world should be like. Um, But it was the messages I got as I'm growing up, that males are the providers. Total rubbish, obviously, but that's what I grew up with. And those processes of not engaging with feelings and emotions and not understanding or having the language to explore those feelings and emotions really doesn't help me in relationships. It does now because I do what I do. I've gone through 20 odd years of exploring, understanding, being connected to my feelings and emotions. So I can verbalize them. I do have the language that I've learned, that I've understood. But if I hadn't gone through that process, and I'd still been the same person I was 20-odd years ago, those old rules, those old messages, would have been the ones I would be using. So engaging with another person, if I can't explore, explain, have the language to speak about emotions that I'm having, because I'm obviously having them, then that really restricts what I understand about me, And what somebody else may give me as an understanding. So somebody might say to me, I'm feeling crap today. I don't understand what that might be from my own perspective. It may be something that is, um, I'm feeling, I don't know, physically painful. That could be crap. I could be feeling that the world's all little against me. I could be feeling that the car didn't start. I could be feeling a lot of things. But if I don't understand what that language means, crap, then I can't engage with it. So I need to explore it, I need to know it, I need to understand it. But if I don't have the language to understand the feelings and emotions behind it, how could I understand what they are? So males, in my generation, grew up with not having those emotional connections in relationships. And that was limiting. I know now. I can see now. But that process as I'm growing up, as I'm understanding those relationships, is painful for me to understand what it is that I am impacting on somebody else. So when I'm doing relationship work with say couples or families and I've got this difference where somebody because opposites attract in relationships. So I've got somebody that's really emotional with somebody that's really kind of digital. And those processes mean that the emotional person maybe feelings and emotions they're having and they're exploring. The other person will not understand what those mean. So it's like one person's talking French, one person's talking Italian. So we cannot connect with an understanding. And that process means that that's going to get really restrictive in the relationship. One person will possibly get to a point, tipping point with relationships, where they don't or can't understand what their partner's doing or not doing. What do you mean you're feeling lonely? I'm here with you. I'm in the room with you. What do you mean feeling lonely? Well, you have two people in a room sharing that space, you can still be lonely. Yeah, You can have lonely people in a crowd. So unless somebody can say what that loneliness is in a way that the other person can interpret that and understand it, then we cannot have that conversation. We might even shy away from that conversation because it's too painful. We can't understand it. We don't have the vocabulary. So we might move into the kind of process of doing, as I call it, instead of being. So being would be the emotional. Doing is jobs, functions. So somebody may say, well, you know, I, I, I make you a drink in the morning that shows I love you, I go out to work, I provide, I can give you the things you want, that shows I love you. But if the other person doesn't see those things as love, they may see them as just, well that's keeping us afloat, that's keeping us going, that's the jobs, that's the functions. But if that being isn't able to be explored, understood, then there's no way that I'm going to provide the being unless I know what the being is. And if I don't have the language or the experiential knowledge to understand what that loneliness looks like, feels like, exploring it would be impossible. Yeah, but like somebody saying to you, well, okay, you know, this chair that I'm sat on isn't a chair. If I'd grown up to understand that this chair that I'm sat on is bread which is ridiculous, I know, then I would never, ever understand what a chair was. I couldn't explore it. I couldn't explain it. So if we don't have the language or the understanding, how can we even have those conversations? And I find a lot of couples where one person will be the doer, the provider, and the other person will be the being. And they really cannot understand each other. So I use terminology, I use frames of reference that the other person has that can explore that. So I'll give an example of that. So if one person's saying to, to me, I'm depressed, and the other person doesn't understand what depressed looks like, what it feels like, what it is, then there's no way if I just keep saying they're depressed, are they ever going to understand that process, because they have nothing to give them as an understanding. So say, for example, the person who's trying to understand depression is a person who works uh, out in their world as uh, an installator of cables, electric equipment, sockets, switches, all those kind of things. So what I'd have to do is put it into their frame of reference to order to understand it. So I might say to them, Right, okay. You're at a new venue where you've kind of put all the wiring in, all the switches, all the sockets. And you're going to turn it all on at the main switchboard. And you have to tell each person where that ohm of electricity, that voltage of electricity is going to end up. Which socket is that going to go to? You've got all the power coming in one cable. And all those cables are subdivided. But you have to work out where that end is, what the goal what the achievement what the end result is going to be where is it going to end up and the person will say to me that's impossible which it is and i'll say well that's exactly what a depressed person's trying to do they're trying to understand every end product every end position where does it terminate where does it end up and i can't do it and i'll say to the person that's installating, the electronic equipment what do you think that would do to your head and they'll usually say to me something like, it'd blow my mind it'd do me head in. that is precisely what's going on because people have depression usually, their head is doing 30,000 bits of information every minute to try and work out those end goals those end processes, where it ends up and that's going to do the reading. So, when you see people who are depressed, they're sitting watching a television. They're not watching a television. But there's so much energy going into their head that they have no energy for anything else. So, it looks like they're doing nothing. But their head is massively processing information or trying to with no outcome and no end result. You can't find the end can't find something that I can attach to that is solid. Because every time I find an end, there's another variation of that. So if we can use those kind of processes in my world, in the counselling world, we can kind of get some kind of interpretation of what the other person's world looks like. But that's really hard to do when we're, our feelings and emotions are running high and gathering momentum getting bigger and bigger and more and more intense. So we don't, generally. And then we blow up, blow out Mount Vesuvius in an argument, in a conversation that doesn't work. And both people separate. Both people get out of each other's face and space because they can't be in the same space as that person. So in order to understand feelings and emotions, we have to give both people an understanding of what the other person needs to understand why they can't understand it. And that's our job as counsellors usually. But it's about growing up, you know, young people. You know, if you have kids, certainly male kids, let them explore their feelings and emotions. Give them the vocabulary of learning. Because as they grow up, if they have that, at least they can explore it. At least they can start having a conversation with that language. And the more they can have that conversation and be open to have that conversation, then the more they will engage with other people around them. And they'll be more able to explore and explain how they are, where they are, what they are. Because they'll have all aspects of that language. Don't close people's feelings and emotions down. Let them explore them. Let them have them. Now, I know, because of the work I do and because of all the reflection stuff counsellors have to do as part of their work, I kind of know me as much as I can know me. I'll never know myself fully, because that's impossible, because there's lots of things that work subconsciously, not consciously. But I know my dad, who gave me that message, that big boys don't cry suck it up get on with it provider all those things that he gave me I know he gave me those not because he wanted to hurt me or upset me he gave me those messages because he didn't understand or couldn't have those feelings and emotions so he closed mine down to make him feel safer no, that's not because he's a bad person. That's not because he's not a nice person. He didn't do it from a motivation of wanting to harm me or hurt me. He didn't understand it himself. So he couldn't do those things. So when we're having those conversations, we're having those feelings and emotions, we need to explore them, explain them, and then we can start moving forward in a better communication process. You know, when I first started to read... I learned A's for apple, apple, I know the shape of an apple when I learned to read. But then I learn there's lots and lots of different apples. And they're all apples, but they're also different varieties of apples, Now I can probably name, I don't know, five, six, seven apples, I presume, if I wanted to. So even though they're all apples, loneliness, if you take that as an example, has lots and lots of different aspects, parts of it that we will experience, but we now know there's different aspects of apples. So loneliness isn't just one thing. It can come in many forms. And that process of understanding those aspects of loneliness together in relationships means that we can then have better quality relationships. We can get that process working And the more we can understand ourselves and other people, the more we know what's going on and the more we can have those shared conversations and language. So when you're having a relationship, try not to close down those conversations. Try to explore them. But understand, people may not see the world your way. They may not see the language. They may not talk french they may only know italian and if you can do that if you can share that conversation so you can both speak italian and french then that's going to be massively better for your relationship but we can only do that if when we're younger we get to explore those things because our first 10 years of our lives usually ish is when we're given the world. When we explore that world, we get the messages, the scripts, the understanding that's being given to us. We usually do as we're told. <laughs> Not always. But then we get into times in our teenage years, for example, and then we'll challenge those worlds. And that then becomes us more than the messages we were given. We moderate. We kind of bring in some kind of difference, diversity of that initial message. And that process means that we can then explore things differently. More of ourselves can be in it. Um, We don't usually give up the message fully, to be fair, Um, but we can explore it differently. So when we're doing those feelings and emotions, those relationships, those partnerships, then the more we understand each other, the more we can learn French and Italian the more we can actually engage and the closer we can become, but also the more connected we can become. So many people say to me in relationships, I don't feel listened to. That's not unusual for me to hear. Now, somebody might be there, they might be in the room, but they don't feel listened to. So the processes i am connect to, helps both people to feel listened to. So we share that language, we share that understanding. There's a great tool for doing that. What I get people to do is both people connect at a time that's diaried. So it's not something when we get around to it, it's something that happens. And that can obviously be changed and altered if both people feel it should be. And I get them to divide that time, usually about three quarters of an hour, into about three or four minute slots. Um, so I guess people use like an egg timer, maybe one of the old sand ones, so they're not noisy. And then I say, flip a coin to go see who goes first, because each person has a go. And whoever gets the go that time, it's their three or four minutes to talk. But they have to talk. Which is an interesting process. They have to talk about themselves. They can't talk about other people. Now, we don't do that very often, to be fair. We don't talk about ourselves very often. We might talk about ourselves in relation to other people, but we don't talk about ourselves. So that person is doing that. They're talking about themselves. They're owning their own conversation. This is me. This is where I am. This is how I feel. This is how I think. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And the other person in that three or four minutes actively listens. They don't interrupt, don't interject, don't ask questions. They just listen. And that person that's talking, sharing themselves, feels listened to. Then after the three or four minutes, swap sides. Talker becomes listener. Listener becomes talker. And that new talker takes that space and they talk about themselves. And I use that tool with most relationships I see in order to feel listened to, understood, heard, and to get a sense of the other person. So as we're going through that process, it usually will help people to engage, understand, share, and feel more connected. Most human beings want to be connected, want to be listened to, want to be heard. And certainly in relationships, so as you go through that process if you use that tool which works so I've used it for 20 odd years um, then you'll find that it'll change how you communicate how you live your life together and that process will be a lot easier a lot more connected a lot more understood and you'll probably be able to do it more often before it gets to that Mount Vesuvius process and arguments because you're taking it bit by bit, piece by piece. And eventually that just becomes a normal aspect of your communication. But initially you need to diary it because it's not going to be something you would normally do. So working that process will help you to, as I say, have closer connected relationships. Because we're all changing every day. Every day of our lives we're changing by new experiences, new ideas your explorations, what we read, what we see, what we do. It's changing us, changing our world, developing us. And if that developmental process is shared by both people, then it pretty much works better. You know? And then you don't have relationships that don't connect, don't work. Hopefully, that's given you some ideas. Hopefully it's got you to understand how to communicate more effectively so that we understand what people are saying and why they're saying it and what's behind it, what feelings and emotions are going on. So people who don't get feelings, don't disregard them. Help them to explore them. Help them to understand them. Help them to get and understand what that means. And then they should, hopefully, be more connected to you and more able to be part of your world and more understanding so hopefully that's been interesting I'm Ian Wallace the messed up counsellor and um, if you have any ideas of what you'd like me to cover in these podcasts please do drop me a line and have a great life and always have the life you want not the one you were told you could have take care